because effort starts in the mind, right? So my effort has to start up here before I can even do anything else. Like where I want Inspire to Inspire to go, like where I want it to be, become like a fellowship, kind of like NA and AA, but just because there's so many of us that don't make it into the rooms for reasons, whatever. So now I'm, I, like I said, I want to reach the unreachable. I want to help the hopeless. I want to give strength to the weak. Welcome back to the show, Mike. Hey, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to speak with you, big bro. Yeah, round two, man. Um, and, you know, I'm sorry again. You know, we talked since. But I'm sorry again about your mom, you know, because we, we did the episode. And then, like, two days later, you know, yeah, <clears throat> she passed. So I just, again, I want to say sorry. You know, we talked on your live a couple times since then. You know what I mean? So. For those who don't already follow Mike, you should be because <laughs> one of the most active people when it comes to posting about recovery. I mean, talk about like, you know, living out loud, recovering out loud. How's that been for you this time around? Like, because I mean, it's been like a push even since last time we talked in a good yeah, way. I mean, yeah, uh, I, I mean, I'm one of those that do recover out loud because I was a drug addict out loud. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could tell I was a drug addict from a mile away. So, you know what? You're going to know I'm in recovery a mile away. Plus, you know, just some of us just don't know how to speak about what we're thinking. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and it's hard to get it out in words. And, and we we get discouraged because when we try to explain ourselves and we don't explain ourselves fully and the person doesn't understand us, we then shut ourselves down. So, you know, my, my main thing is, you know, God has blessed us all with gifts. We all have talents. Um, my talent is, you know, just being able to speak. So, you know, every day I wake up, it's, it's like a video diaries. You know what I'm saying? It, it's, it's me just some days I'm good. Some days I'm bad. Some days are indifferent. But it's the consistency that, that I go for. You know what I'm saying? Waking yeah. up every day and fighting for my life. Waking up every day and putting something out there because somebody might need to hear it. You know what I'm saying? I'm always... I'm always thinking how to like reach the unreachable, how to help the hopeless, you know what I'm saying? Give strength to the weak. And I always think like, what would have helped me in that moment? And there's really nothing in that moment that would have helped me. So all I try to do is let them know that someone was there and where I am that now, you know, like uh, I heard Les Brown talking about a great motivational speaker and the four minute mile at one point was impossible to break. So someone made it possible. And then since that person's made it possible, 20,000 people did the four minute mile. Some of them are high school kids. So what changed? You know what I'm saying? What changes the mindset? You know what I'm the saying? Like the perception of being, of knowing like, oh, I can do this. This yes. is attainable. Yes. Like the, we, we got to remember we're the babies that told ourselves to walk. And the reason we taught ourselves to walk is because we've seen our parents, siblings walking on two legs. You take that baby and put it in the jungle and it would be like Tarzan. It would walk on four because we emulate what we see. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So some of us, you know, like yourself, myself, we recover out loud to show people that it can be done because some of us are able to do it. But, you know, like going back to, you know, talking about mom. So like last time we spoke, um, I thought she was going to release from the hospital. You know, and then uh, the Thanksgiving, it was uh, actually the day of Thanksgiving. And this is how, you know, my mom is great. Um, the day before, God is great, too. The day before I got the Vivitrol shot. Yep, I remember that. Not, not knowing that the next day my mother was going to pass, she was getting released. 
So the next day I get a call to come to the hospital that she's not gonna make it. And I was there for about 36 hours. I get up to come back, because if you guys don't know, I live in a treatment facility, you know, I've been here for six months. I just detoxed off uh, 140 milligrams of methadone on November 3rd. So I was able to give my mother drug free. My main thing was I left my mother six months ago. And when I left her, I knew she was gonna deteriorate at a faster rate because I wasn't there to help her. But I had to make that decision for myself. And it was one of the hardest decisions I had to make. So I would just tell her, my, you gotta fight. You gotta fight until I get off drug free. You cannot leave this world until I'm drug free. And she did that. So after 36 hours of sitting with her in the hospital, I get up to come back to my program to take a shower. Not even 45 minutes after I leave the hospital, she passed. And that, you know, that was my mom. You know what I'm saying? And that she wasn't, she didn't want me. And my siblings were there, but she didn't want me there because I guess, you know, that's just, she knows who I am. You know what I'm saying? She, she wasn't just my mom, man. She was my best friend. You know what I'm saying? My father was an addict, a heroin addict, shared needles, got HIV, gave my mother HIV. He died of AIDS 13 years, 12 years ago. In the 12 years, she lost my father, who they were best friends. I've just witnessed true love between them. They might have fought, but never in front of us. She beat three different types of cancer. She got cured of hep C, was living on oxygen. When she passed away, she was 68 pounds with no muscle mass. So now when I look back, I don't have regrets, Jay. You know what I'm saying? When I look back, it's like, this is why God, God's wisdom, we don't, we don't question. Because I look back and I see how unconditional her love was for me. You know what I'm saying? And I made promises to her. And one of the reasons why I do the videos every day is because I do want to get it to where it's a global scale and I'm speaking as a motivational speaker all across the world. So when I ask, why do I give so much love? I could tell them because that's how my mother loved me. And when they ask me, why don't I give up on people? I can say, because my mother never gave up on me. You know what I'm saying? And then at the funeral, I wrote a speech and it was about unconditional love. There was about 60 people there, mostly people that really didn't know my mother, they knew my siblings. And um, the only way I was able to show her unconditional love was tell my story. So I told my story in front of 60 strangers. I told them how I abused drugs for 20 years, you know, how, you know, when she would never kick me out, how I made her cry, how I blamed her for my addiction. You know what I'm saying? And, and just everything I did to her and how she never turned her back on me. So that was the only way I was able to express how important her love is for me. And you know what? Even though I'm sad and even though, you know, Thanksgiving was fucked up, Christmas was even more fucked up. Um, I'm not going to get high over it, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's at the point where I gave everything to my addiction, dude. You know, everything. I gave my youth, my co uh, college career, sports, my father's death. I was high at the hospital. I was high at his funeral. I gave everything to this addiction and got nothing fucking back. I'm 37, living in a rehab with no career, no money. You know what I'm saying? But all of that, it, it's funny how things that used to matter most no longer matter now. You know what I'm saying? I don't give a fuck about money. I don't give a fuck how people think about me. I care how people look at me, but the people that like me for who I am. Because how, now when you meet me, you're going to know who I am. And who I am, the good parts, all my flaws, all my miscomings. All, you know why? Because that's where the genuine comes. That's where everything's fabricating in this world. And I'm not going to be part of that fabrication. Yeah, I was just going to say that, too, because, you know, I am who I am today at 35 because of the shit I did in my 20s, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I am I am who I am today, and I know that I have the knowledge that I have today because of the things that I learned by fucking up. You know, somebody asked me earlier, 
um, they they asked me if re, if relapse was a part of my recovery, like why, you know what I mean? Like if it's if that's like a common thing, why is that okay? And you know, I flat out said because you know we fail, you know we we learn from that failure. You know, we're addicts who are always trying to find the not easy way out, but trying to find the shortcut, trying to find the JD way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Trying to find the mic way. We all had yeah. our little like ways of doing shit. They're like, I I know the better way. I got it. You know, it's that ego that takes over. And so like, I don't know the fucking better way. So every time I I think I do, I, I find out real fast that I'm wrong. You know, and I and I gotta find out that I'm wrong. And then I and I tell my seven year old that all the time. When he's losing playing video games, I'm like, bro, you gotta lose, man. You, you gotta lose in order to learn how to win. That's just that's just fucking life, dude. You know, and I don't curse like that. I, I would never say life. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like seriously though, I'm like, dude, that's that's life, man. Like you have to lose. You have that's how you learn. That's how you get you get questions wrong in math. This way you learn how to fix your mistakes and get the questions right. It's Failing is okay. It's 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 okay as long as you learn from that failure. If you're yeah. fa- if you're failing and in denial about the failure, like ah oh, no, I fucking w-, and you're still then you didn't fail right. I don't know what the fuck no. to tell you, you know, because you 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 need to learn from that shit. You gotta look back at that failure and say, okay, what can I do differently so I don't have to do that again. Yeah, I you mean, know? in in life, the test comes first, then the lesson. We're not yeah. we're not in geometry class where we're getting the lesson and then the test. So my philosophy on relapses and I and don't get it wrong when we say it's part of recovery doesn't mean go out and go fuck up on purpose. You know what I'm saying? Like the emotional relapse happens way before the actual drug. But we have to understand what drug free has allowed me to do was allow me to start understanding how my addict mind works and how I start swaying off the, the topic because. Christmas was hard for me, right? Christmas was real hard for me. But I didn't try to keep myself busy from stopping from crying. I think we get this this misconception that crying is a weakness. Crying is a fucking strength. You know what I'm saying? We need to feel the feelings, but not allow them to consume us. We're so, we're so like, don't want to feel things. And we're so used to suppressing shit that when we feel feelings, we feel like we're doing something wrong when we're actually doing something right. Like you said, like the... Life is going to test us on how bad we want the things we say we want. So if we want recovery, best believe it's not going to fucking be easy. Please lose that thought that it's going to be easy because it was was being a drug addict fucking easy. I sometimes think about the things I used to have to do, bro. I get fucking exhausted. Like how the fuck did I live that way? Recovery is actually easy. It's the resistance to it that makes it hard. We, we're we still trying to hold on to some things in our life. It, it's, it's a full surrender, but when you fully surrender, you're not giving up. Surrendering means you're ready to fight the fight the right way. Yeah, and, yep, exactly. And it's, you know, when you say it's easier, you know, I think of it as the, one of the biggest cliches, right, is one day at a time. You know, recovery mm-hmm. is one day at a time. Like, But in addiction, I was living that one minute at a time is what I always say. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. there there were so many times, you know, we never even got into like your history and your drug of choice and all that shit. But, you know, for me, it was pills, mostly Roxy 30s. That was like my biggest thing. You owe me and both. There, there were so many times where I had I got four, maybe called six. I got six in a night. I banged two right away. And then I now I have four. I'm like, all right, now I'm doing that math. 
uh, well, if I do two right now and I'll save two for the morning. But no, what ends up happening is I'm like, you know what? I'll do fucking four right now. I'll get really blitzed and I'll let JD figure that out tomorrow. That's a fact. That's and, and literally you, living it one minute at a time. And what you did right there was critical thinking. And critical thinking is the same transferable skill that we need to use in our sobriety. So everything that we did in our act of using, the critical thinking, the grit, the determination, the motivation to not get withdrawal, it's the same thing. So it, recovery is not just the absence of drugs. It, it, it's, it's so much more than that. It, it's, it's a mindset. It's a lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? Like when we think it's just the drugs, how many times did I get off the drugs and relapse? And the relapse, just to run back to that real quick. Don't throw away everything because you fucking relapse. I get it. You might have had six months, six years, six days. All right. The only thing that starts over is the day clean days. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to go back and just, whatever well, you relapse today, don't take it into tomorrow because now that's your choice to take it into tomorrow. Learn from it. Cognitive behavior therapy, right? The rear view mirror on the car, the windshield on the car. We're always meant to be looking forward when we drive. The fucking rear view is to see what's behind us, things we pass, and see when something's coming up on us when we need to change lanes when we hit obstacles. But obstacles aren't meant to deviate us from the path. They are the path. Like you were saying, first comes the test, then comes the lesson. But we throw away everything for the relapse because of how people are looking at us. You know what I'm saying? It's, it, it's, it's the stigma, bro, that comes along mm -hmm. with counting days. You know what I mean? And that's the thing that, like, it, it can be really worrisome when I see somebody who really cares about those days so much and then they lose it. Because what happens is, you know, then there's people that lose a day. And then they're like, you know what, fuck it. It's just one day I fucked up. And in five years, it won't even matter. I'll have seven years of sobriety with one fuck up in there. And it's no big deal. One day I fucked up. And that's, that's the way they can perceive it and look at it. And then there's the person that, you know, they'll reset that clock to zero. And then they'll say, well, I can just fuck around until I get back down to one again. And then they end mm -hmm. up dying on their relapse because they go so hard. Thinking, mm -hmm. well, I might as well go hard now before I get back to one again. I might as well hit the pavement running, go on a little bit of a run, enjoy this relapse before I start working on it. And then you fucking die. Do you know you know what the record is for staying clean? What do you mean? The, the, the record for staying clean is fucking 24 hours, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, like people, people with the clean dates, I get it. But there, there's two different types of mindsets. And this is why I love the amount of clean dates. But I have to look at the calendar to count my days. It's not up here. It's 24 hours. But when you have a growth mindset, you're, you're, you believe that you could develop your, your talents through dedication and hard work. When we have a fixed mindset, a lot of people with the number, they're attaching their identity to the number. My recovery is the number of days I've had clean. This is where we're going wrong with stuff. When you, when we attach, I used to attach my identity to everything, to a job, to a girlfriend, to a car, to my clothes. So when those things were lost, I had no identity. The clean days is great. Count them fucking days. But don't attach your recovery identity to your clean days. Because I know people in recovery that might be clean, but their mindset is the same as being an addict. They're just doing it because people told them they can't do it, which is fine to get the push on the swing. But at the end of the day, the only reason I didn't get high Christmas, the only reason I don't even want to get high today and I don't have cravings is because this shit is for me. 
It's for me. I don't, I can't, I wouldn't, I, if it was sunny out, I had to get high. If it was raining out, I had to get high. If I had to do the dishes, I had to get high for everything. Now I can't picture a situation that I want to get high because I want to be my best at yeah. all times. And what do I, I think I have 50 something days clean. It's not like I got fucking five years, but when we're ready for this shit, we're ready for this shit. And, and it yeah. comes out of us. We wear it. Yep. It, it's definitely a mindset that changes over when all of a sudden you want sobriety more than you want to get high, you know, because the thing is, there's a lot of people that need to be clean. You know, they need to not get high. They need to be able to be sober. They need to be able to not get arrested and overdose and blah, blah, blah. But the problem is they don't want it. It's the same Mm, reason I still smoke. same, Same reason I still smoke cigarettes, bro. I know I need to quit. I know that I'm 35 and been smoking for 20 some years, a pack or more a day, especially in addiction, sometimes two packs a day. I know I need to do that. I know how bad it is for me every time I cough up a fucking lung. But the only only problem is I don't want it. Flat out. I enjoy it too much. I enjoy my morning smoke. I enjoy my after, you know, meal cigarette. You know, I enjoy getting in a car and lighting one up. I'm with you on that. So that's the problem is I want it and I don't need it. You know, I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, I need it, but I don't want it. And that's the difference. That's why I'm still smoking cigarettes. And that's why people are still doing drugs is because they know they need to be sober. Everyone's telling them they need to be sober, but they don't fucking want to, whether they fear it and they fear what will happen to themselves if they start feeling things, or they just flat out, they're not ready for the party to end. Like, you know, so, you know, you're 37, and you were on methadone, I know, for 17 years, which means you tried getting sober at 20. So that, did you well, go? Well, no, I got, on, I got on the methadone so I wouldn't get dope sick. I was still popping pills and doing coke and doing a whole bunch of drugs. The methadone was never to get off or nothing. The methanol yeah. was just, yeah. just, just if I didn't fucking have money that day, I wouldn't get sick. So, but you started doing that at 20. Yes. But so that means you started getting into like pills and shit in your teens. I, I, I started getting into pills maybe a year before that. Like you said, you did Roxy's. I used to pop 30 Roxy's a day, 10 in a clip, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I never banged because my father banged and got HIV and AIDS. So I well, was really. When I, say, when I say banged, I meant I snorted. I never. I oh, was never, okay. So whenever I say banged, I meant like I want to bang out of line. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, I was All a right. snorter. I got addicted to snorting and I just. I never wanted to shoot because I knew if I did, I would never snort again. And I love snorting so much. Okay. It was one of those things where, like, obviously, I'm not afraid of needles. Like, it's not about no, that. No, yeah. yeah. It, it, was, it was more or less that I knew that I was an addict, right? And I knew that I was addicted to these, these pills. And I knew, though, as soon as I do anything but sniff them, I won't ever sniff them again. And mm-hmm. because I'll need to chase that high. And I loved the act of sniffing too much to give that up. So luckily for me, that kept me from ever getting into dope because I was always into just the taste and the drip of that. And again, it was a thing where I thought I was in control. It's that lie we tell ourselves, right? And I thought nine and a half years, I'm in control of this. You know, I'll never do dope, so I'm in control, so it's okay. So the longer I kept going without 
you know, doing any heroin and just doing pills, I was lying to myself that this was okay because, look, I'm still not doing anything else. But really, you know, bankrupt the shit inside and out. Facts. See, that, that's the thing, the void, right? We're always trying to fill a void. What, what's working for me, and it might, you know, people say it sounds cool. I'm filling that void with love, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the only thing. And it's not love given to me. It's love given out. And when you do something out of love, you don't need it in return. You know, I was a massive manipulator. If I showed you love, that means I want to get something from you yeah. eventually. You know what I'm saying? So now it, it, it's... You know, the, the, them selfless acts, you know what I'm saying? Like I hold events for the homeless. Mind you, living from a treatment facility. So if anyone's out there and you have the you have wrong misconception of a rehab, our environment and our circumstances should not stop us from doing what we want to do. If you have a dream, what's around you should not stop you. You should find a way to use it, just like we used our environment and our situations and our circumstances to get fucking high. You know what I'm saying? So we're talking about this episode my- is sponsored by MJ's Progress Not Perfection Meeting Center Association. We are in our meeting center where we do all these meetings for mental health and addiction. I can do this podcast anywhere. I can do this at home. I can do this in a closet. I can do this in a basement. It doesn't matter. All I need is somebody else to talk to about addiction and recovery. What I can't do from anywhere is help people with their addiction and their mental health problems. So if you can help out, you know, we do have a Venmo, we have a Cash App, we have a PayPal, we have an address you can send a check to. And, you know, all the money that gets donated goes towards rent, goes towards keeping the lights on, and goes towards keeping the internet on. So please, you know, if you can get 5 bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, it doesn't matter. Anything you can is so appreciated. And if you are a local business, if you're a national business, whatever, and you want to be a part of what we're doing, you know, you can reach out to me and we can talk about how you can be a sponsor. But I'll let you get back to the episode. I actually have something right here. So a growth mindset and a fixed mindset, the difference, right? A growth mindset, people believe that their most basic abilities can be developed through dedication and hard work. A fixed mindset, which most of us have when we're getting our, in recovery, believe that their basic qualities like the intelligence or talent are simply fixed traits. So some things that a fixed mindset person would say is either I'm good at something or I'm not. I can't learn now because it's too late. There's no point in trying if I'm going to fail. How did, does that sound familiar? You know what I'm saying? That, that sounds real familiar. I'm always struggling with dot, dot, dot. But when you have a growth mindset, you realize that you could develop your skills no matter what. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's how they, and it's all about the words that we say subconsciously, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. it's not, it's a matter of, you know, also surrounding yourself with people that will call that out. You know, that's important too, to have that kind of support network where somebody can say, Hey, you know, you just said that and it, and it means this, and that's, that's really good. Like for your mental health. And a lot of times I'm like, wait, what? Like, yeah, you said this, you know, and so it is about being around people that are going to be positive influences and not just try to drag you down or co-sign your bullshit. You know, you start getting negative and then they start getting negative with you. And when they start getting negative with you, meaning not at you, but with you, then you're both just taking each other down. They say you're the average of the five people that are around you most. So if you look at your circle, whoever's listening to this, watching this, look at the five people that are closest to you. You are the average of those five people. So where I'm at in my life is I used to want people that were worse off than me. 
so I can then feel better about my situation. Where I'm at in my life now, I want people that are doing way better than me because I need people in my life that are going to challenge me. I need people in my life and be like, yo, Mike, you're falling off. Or Mike, you're doing good, but you could be doing better. You know what I'm saying? I used to want to be better than everybody. I want to be my best, but with everybody. Like greatness to me, greatness to me is not the money in my pocket, the car I'm driving, the house. I'm Greatness to me is being with people that are living life on life's terms, taking the hits and not getting high and looking in the mirror and being able to say, I love myself. I used to say, I like myself. I wouldn't say I love myself because of the commitment it meant. When we say we love ourselves, there's a commitment there. There's a commitment that no matter what, we're going to run through fucking walls if we got to run through walls. We're going to leap buildings if we got to leap build. So I would say I like myself because I wasn't fully ready to make the commitment to recovery. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I love myself today. And because I love myself today, I'm doing that NA. I'm doing the steps. I got myself a sponsor. I'm doing outside therapy. I'm doing everything that I never wanted to do. And guess what? I'm fucking, I'm winning at this. And I, I can't. People are like, yo, what changed, right? Not much changed. I just went from wanting to no longer exist to being alive and living. You know what I'm saying? Like one of the hardest things for me to do right now is learn how to be tired. Hardest yeah. thing because the coke would just keep me going. But now I realize those moments that I'm tired, we don't always, we're in recovery, we feel like we're always supposed to be fixing our lives and doing all this type of shit. But do you realize that how much productivity could happen by just sitting there? We need to stop sometimes in order to move forward. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes when I stop, I'm able to process. And that's the difference with me today. I'm able to process. I'm able to feel feelings. I'm able to understand it. Like I told you before, when I'm at 50%, I give 100% of me at 50. Because when I wouldn't feel 100, I wouldn't do nothing. So guess what happened the next day? I was at 0% the next day and the next day and the next day. But when I give 100 at 50, that next day, I'm a little more energetic. And the following day, I'm a little more energetic. We got to stop waiting for the day to happen that we're going to want to do this. Because I, I want to live. I don't want to fucking do recovery all the time. I tell you that. But that's what grit is. We didn't want to fucking run our lives into the ground, but we did that shit. You know what I'm saying? So there's yeah. a lot of things that we could take. Yeah, I mean, the last, I would say, year of addiction, I wasn't even getting high anymore. No. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was I, I was trying to, that's for damn sure. But, <laughs> I, you know, I, I was only, like, getting even, right? There were so many times, majority of the time, I would, you know, get high, and I'd be like, I just feel how I think normal people should feel now. You know? And I, and I wanted to get to that point where I, I felt normal, without needing the drugs to make me feel normal. Did you, that... did you say, I, I agree with you. When I used to get right just to feel normal, that's the times I always wanted to get clean. You know what I'm saying? When I would only take enough drugs to be clean, I was like, all right, tomorrow I'm going to get clean. I feel good. You know what I'm saying? And then that's what our addiction does to us. It speaks to us in our own voice. It, there's no way if you're actively using right now and listen to this, that your mind is going to allow you to understand what sobriety is like. There's no way because it, it's not possible. Like I don't picture sobriety. Like when people are like, uh, like, what are you going to, I don't picture myself on a beach. You know, I, I can't picture my life sober having fun, but I can picture my life on fucking drugs and being miserable. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So when people ask me, what do I want? I don't know what I want, but I know what I don't want. You know what I'm saying? And, and that what gives us the blueprint, right? There's something called pinpoint clarity. So if you're in a situation right now, you don't like your situation. Think of how it could get better. 
then think how to get better than that and even better than that. And you keep going till you get to a solution that it can no longer get better. You just gave yourself a fucking blueprint without even knowing it. Yep. It's almost like you asked me before, I think it was on a live, you had said, um, you know, what do I tell somebody to help them want to get sober? You know, and it's, don't tell them shit. You know, you either want what I have or you don't, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a matter of attraction, not promotion for me. You know, okay. you, you want to be able to wake up and not have to worry about what your day is going to do and who you got to see, what you got to do to get money today and to get high today, just to yeah. do it all fucking over again tomorrow. You know, like, yeah. were, were you always in New York City? Yeah, I'm born and raised Brooklyn, New York. You know what I'm okay. saying? Like, uh, and then once you get on that methanol, you really can't travel because they don't give you bottles if you're giving dirty urines to travel yeah. with. Yeah, so you have to go to the clinic every day. Every day, every yep. day. And it, it, it's just, it, it, we get, I, I know we think time is our enemy, but time is actually our ally, man. You know what I'm saying? And and we want to, like, I'm New York, so New York coaches fast. You know what I'm saying? We want to cut corners. You know, even Amazon fucked the world up. You know, you don't get your package the same day. It's like, oh, my God, when shit used to take seven to ten business days. You know, but it, it's it, it's funny. The slower I move, the quicker things happen, and I don't have to redo things. And that's the important thing, because I would get so discouraged. Like, my 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 whole thing, like, even going back to the clean days, like, if you're counting your clean days just to tell people you're in recovery, people don't fucking need to know we're in recovery, man. You know, at the end of the day, this ain't for them. This really has to be for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're doing this because you want, like, I used to go to group NA so, so I could tell my family I went to NA so they think I'm clean, but I wasn't clean. You know what I'm saying? I don't need any validation for this. The clean days didn't count it. I'm not, I'm all for it. But don't make it your identity because so many of us, when we fuck up the clean days, it's like, all right, I might as well fuck it all up. But if you scuffed your brand new pairs of sneakers, are you going to fucking throw them out? No, you're going to clean them. And what's going to happen? You're going to walk a little more cautiously in them next time you wear them. That's yeah. the same thing with a relapse is. You walk a little more cautiously the next day. You know what I'm saying? You don't, It doesn't have to be that we throw everything away. And our addiction speaks to us in our conscious voice. I can't, I can't say it enough. Like we need people, we need to expose our addiction. So people are like, yo, how do I expose my addiction? By telling your fucking story. By telling people how you're feeling in the moment, right? We live in the now moment, right? Time has no value in the now moment. What I mean is I lived in the now moment all the time, meaning it was getting the drug, using the drug, feeling the drug, getting the drug, using the drug. I live for the now moment because tomorrow will be the now moment. A week from now will be the now moment. I know they say live in the moment. You can live in the moment, but don't live for it. You know what I'm saying? Live for it when it comes. When it comes, experience it, and then it's on. I used to hate the word tomorrow, bro. What that word meant and represented, I used to fucking hate it because it meant another day of misery, another day of suffering, another day wishing I didn't wake up but not fucking strong enough to want to kill myself. You know what I'm saying? Now I look forward to meeting me tomorrow. Drug-free allowed me to be the fucking architect of this story. I write this story now. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, all right, well, I got to get a job that starts after 6 a.m. because the clinic opens up at 6 a.m., you know what I'm saying? I don't have these chains. I don't have these shackles on me. And there's no way, like we said, we can't say it in words. But if you don't can't feel it from someone like myself or Jay, like then then you just don't want to see it yet. And keep it a fuck with me then. Don't say you want recovery. Say you still want to get a high. I can fucks with that. 
because that I can respect because I've been there. You know what I'm saying? But at least say it and be honest, because sometimes when we speak in our head, shit sounds so fucking Gucci. And then you ever have something sound so good in your head that when you go to say it, you can't get the words out because that's our addiction speaking to us. Tell me what's going on in your head. You know what I'm saying? I want to hear that because I'm selfish in my recovery. I want your experiences. I want hers. I want his. I want hers. I want to know where you fucked up. I want to know where you can get better because I need that shit. I needed to get better at what I want to do. And then I'll be selfless and I'll give that shit to somebody else. And that's how this works, man. Fuck the having these people judges out there that can't walk a night in our shoes, let alone a day. What the fuck do they matter anyway? Because they're going to say they're happy for us, but they're probably talking behind our backs anyway. Watch, she's going to fuck up. I got family members that think I'm going to relapse because my mother died. I built that bed. But you know what? I'm not even angry at them because anger means that something's still controlling us. I, I understand that I take accountability for it, but I'm not going to go to the top of the mountain and be like, fuck you, look, I made it. No, I'm going to go to the top of the mountain and tell the old me, Fuck you, I made it. Yeah, exactly. Because they're gonna talk shit. They're Facts. gonna they they want they want us to get sober, they want us to rehab, and they want us to do this. And then they do, and then we do it, and it's like, well, I mean, what are you actually doing though? You know what I mean? It's like, you know, yep. there's a lot of a lot of new questions all of a sudden. And it's never yep. enough. You know, it's never gonna be enough for a lot of people, you know, but it can be enough for yourself each time because you know each day how much effort it is to do this. You know, yeah. when when you're putting in an honest effort to be sober every day, to, you know, go to a meeting or talk to somebody or, you know, reach out to somebody every single day that's in recovery and have a conversation or get out of your comfort zone, you know, all that shit, you, you know, you have to push yourself to do that. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be handed to you. And you have to just literally fucking want it. And then when you want it, it works because you mm -hmm. get these kind of conversations out of it. You meet new people all the time. And next thing you know, you're like, oh, wow, like I actually haven't even thought about getting high or using like there's been so many times old JD would have found an excuse to get high by now. In the, in the last six months to a year, two years, whatever, I would have found so many different ways or reasons to talk myself into it. But now just like. For what? What's yeah. it going to what's it going to what, what is it really going to fix? You know, what's it really going to do? You know, what were what was going on for you? I mean, your mom was your your mom was sick back like in May and you decided then like I'm gonna go to my rehab. mother my mother's been sick for a good two, three years. So to give a quick rundown, I don't speak to my siblings today because of situations. So I had to make healthy boundaries with my siblings. Reason being they gave my mother like an ultimatum. If you don't turn your back on Michael, we're gonna turn your back on you. So my mother has been sick. She's been dying. I don't know how she lasted, dude. I don't know how she lasted as long as she did. The quality of life was just not quality of life. But I guess, you know, she was fighting because she knew I'd be able to make it to where I was today. You know what I'm saying? But my siblings look at addiction as black and white, which a lot of people do. My mother understood the addiction because my father was an addict. My grandfather was an addict. You know what I'm saying? So... Towards the end, my older brother didn't see my mother for the last three years. Grandchildren didn't even talk to the grandchildren. Um, the only reason he happened to be, and this is God good again. He actually been there when she passed away. He was here for a wedding for Thanksgiving. Not even here to see my mother. My sister thought my mother overdosed because she was on a lot of pain pills, not realizing that when they went through the drawers that they found all the pain pills. My younger brother stopped talking to my mother because she, he said she was enabling me and I was enabling her, which was right in a sense. But at the end of the day, that's still your mother. My mother died feeling abandoned by her children. 
know what I'm saying? So I have some resentment there, and I know God doesn't want me to have it, but I'm just not ready to deal with that bridge yet. So I'm taking my time with. But even when she passed, the next day they started packing her shit in the in the house. And the fuck is it? People grieve their own way, so I let them rock. But now don't come at me with shit because I didn't help you pack. Don't come at me with shit because you have resentment and I don't. Don't come at me and start saying there's envelopes and money missing, which I understand I built that bed, right? But then don't ask me a question if you're not going to believe my answer. You know what I'm saying? Because I no longer have to answer the accusations. I no longer have to answer the assumptions. I no longer have to answer the judgment because I'm not living that way. When I was living that way, I had to answer that. And I've done a lot of wrong in the name of being right. You know what I'm saying? So me being right would have told them exactly how they treated my mother and how she felt, but that would have been wrong. So now they came at me with anger and I didn't come back with anger back. And my therapist said it, my pastor said it. Don't think that they didn't notice that you didn't come back with anger. You know what I'm saying? And they watched my videos. So if you can't see the transformation, you just don't want to see it. And that's dangerous. That's dangerous for me. So now I made that healthy boundary. Not everyone's going to come with us on this ride, man. And, and I would, that door will always be open for them to come in my life. But are you going to come in my life now on my terms? Because my life matters to me now. My life isn't, isn't to some drug no more. My shit matters to me. I got dreams. When we don't live our dreams, we become the greatest story and ever be told. We all have a fucking story. And our stories lie in what we overcome. Not the shit we've done. You know what I'm saying? Like, judge me on how I get up. If you're going to judge me how I fall, then judge me how I get up. Otherwise, you go kick fucking rocks with the rest of everybody. Because I have no problem with cutting people off. I couldn't cut people off before because I needed people in my life. I needed you to do this for me. I needed that for that. I needed this for this. And now, you know what? It's like, I think freedom is the only word that I could fucking possibly use to tell you how I feel. And I listen, I'm grieving. I cry. I'm sad. You know what I'm saying? The last 50-something days, I've been through every emotion in the fucking book. But you know what? Like, that's what God does for us. When gold gets purified, it goes through the fire. When God is purifying us, he puts us through the fire, but he puts people in our path to get us through that fire. But when we're using, we got this tunnel vision, our conscious mind, not realizing that the subconscious mind is picking. We, we miss all the blessings. We think God hates us, right? If you're waking up today, God loves you. There's a reason that you're waking up because look how many of us are dying out there right now. You know what I'm saying? So there's a reason that you woke up. If you don't think you're special, if you don't think you're unique, try these odds. It's 400 trillion to one for the odds of life becoming. Four, so you sitting there and me sitting here, the odds of this happening was 400 trillion to one. Now tell me you're not special. Now tell me you're not unique. We all have a talent. When you search for your passion, you find your talent. When you search for your talent, you will find your passion. Have it in your life. Don't got to be occupation. Don't even, but have it in your life. If it's playing an instrument, play the fucking instrument once a week, twice a week. Let your heart feel that passion. Because the only way I know how to get through this is with fucking love, man. Love conquers all. And misery loves company. And that company I don't keep no more, man. Yeah, and you're doing it exactly right. You're talking every day, man. And you're putting it out there and you're being vulnerable. You're being real. You're showing people it's okay to not be okay. You know, that's, you know, how you should be grieving. That's, you know, the the real way to grieve shit. You know, we, <laughs> for so long, we, 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 um, we pushed everything down, right? And we tried to not feel anything and we tried to not properly grieve and we tried to not cry if we were upset. And now it's like, oh, if I just would have done that, I never would have needed to escape. 
you know, it's, it's a stupid little thing like that. It's like, oh, well, had I known that, but we can't go back. All we can do is make sure that we can teach the next person, hey, it's okay to feel that feeling. You know, I can teach my kid, like, hey, it's okay to cry. It's yeah. okay to let that out. It's okay to talk about it. It's okay to let me know how you feel. This way, he won't be trying to push it down as he is discovering who he is in a few years. Yeah. You know, because... That, 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 yeah, go ahead. No, I had I had the strangest realization the other day. Um, it was on Christmas, and we were talking, and I had realized that uh, hey, when I when I stopped having a pure love for sports is right around the time that I started drinking at mm. eleven, and it was around the time that I was playing sports when I realized that, and you played sports like we've. So I know I know you mentioned that. So you know this part where you know that you've gone as far as you can go, and they're they're passing me, you know. So me at eleven, and I and I'm realizing that, like me at eleven, I realized, oh, I'm not going to play professional baseball. <laughs> I, I'm not going to make it to the NHL. You know, this person's really talented. This person's really holy shit. You know what I mean? And it was around, I still played sports until like 14, 15, 16, you know what I mean? But the love wasn't there and it wasn't that pure, you know, innocence of love around 11. And that's around the same, not even around, that is the same year I started drinking too. Wow. So, you know, it's almost like one filled a void of pure happiness that sports gave and it's almost like that when that pure happiness went away, I was trying to fill the void elsewhere. Yeah. You know, and it was just a weird thing because what, what sports did you play growing up? I, I actually played basketball. I was all city basketball and baseball. Uh, I was going to go to college to baseball. I played semi-pro. I was like, do over 90. My, my love for the game wasn't enough love to do more than – Whatever I did in life, I was a little bit better than average, and I was okay with that. I never applied myself to go above average. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, was, I was okay with just being a little bit better than everybody without trying. Addict mentality, right? We're not addicts who use drugs. We use drugs because we're addicts. So yeah. way before I used the drugs, I was like that. Start things and not finish them. You know what I'm saying? So for the first time in my life, the unknown is always scary because we don't know it. Like, we don't know what's going to happen. But that's the point, right? Like, discomfort and uncomfortability, that's where the growth comes. Like, I'm not going to stop until I see this go where I want it to go. And yeah. you know what? And, and it, whether it gets there or not, that's not what I'm worried about. I'm not worried about the outcome because effort starts in the mind, right? So my effort has to start up here before I can even do anything else. Like where I want Inspire and Inspire to go, like where I want it to be, become like a fellowship, kind of like NA and AA, but just because there's so many of us that don't make it into the rooms for reasons, whatever. So now I'm, I, like I said, I want to reach the unreachable. I want to help the hopeless. I want to give strength to the weak. You know what I'm saying? Like I want to be a motivational speaker that speaks to addicts all over the world, even non-addicts, not just drug addicts alcoholics, gambling, sex addicts, eating disorders, because there's an interconnectedness to all of it. One of the oh, hindrances of yeah. life. Yeah, one of the hindrances of life is ill will. And ill will means that we don't see the interconnectedness, right? All right, so granted, when, when mercenaries are hired to fight other people's war, they're given money to fight someone else's war. All right, let's say this person's an alcoholic, that one's a gambler, and that one's an eating disorder. 
What we have is experiences. That's better than money. Because what does addicts do? We substitute. Well, I'm not a drinker, so I could go to the bar and drink. Well, I don't gamble, so I could go and gamble. Now, just imagine if you had these people in your life to prevent you from switching one drug to the next and let you really see the dynamics of what a fucking addiction is. Because at the end of the day, we're all addicted to something. If you drink coffee every day, take coffee out of your life. Tell me how you feel. If you're a workaholic and I tell you you can't go to work for a week, you're going to be fucking out of your mind. You know what I'm saying? If you exercise every day and I tell you you can't exercise, you're going to feel like shit. You're going to be moody and you're going to fucking be a dick or an asshole. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just the truth of the matter. But the stigmatism that comes with it, like you hear addict, you hear someone with a needle in the arm living on the train when there's doctors that are addicts, politicians that are addicts, firemen. You know what I'm saying? It's just we need to change, but we need to do that one story at a time, showing the world we do recover. That's why platforms like yours, I will always support. I will always tell people to come on your podcast to share their story, because the more we show the world we recover, the more we can change that stigmatism. Yep. And it's true because, you know, I even have been in the rooms with doctors where they talk about, you know, being a surgeon and having to, like, go out to their car and reach under their driver's seat to rip rip out a bottle and having to do, like, shots in their car on their lunch break in order to get their shakes to calm down in order to perform surgery, you know? And that's just – that's literally them doing just enough to – you know, feel normal, just like we talked about with drugs. The only difference is with alcohol, it's even easier and more socially acceptable to drink enough to feel normal, as opposed to doing drugs. It's not. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, you know. I don't envy alcoholics, man. It, 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 like now, alcohol was never my thing, but I, I really feel for people that are alcoholics, man, because it's the only drug that when you're somewhere and they ask you for a drink and you say no, they look at you like you're funny. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's wrong with you? You know why? Because you make people around you feel real uncomfortable and make them start and look at themselves. And people don't like to look at with themselves. You know what I'm saying? Exactly like what it is. Yeah. You could you could be you could be at the spot and everyone's doing dope and you'd be like, yeah, I'm done with that. People be like, oh man, yeah, good for you. You know what I'm saying? Even coke, yeah, you know what? I don't fuck with that shit no more. Good for you, bro. You know what I'm saying? Alcohol is the only one that when you say no, people look at you like you are fucking out of your mind, bro. So yeah. I, I feel for alcoholics, man. That shit ain't cool. Even even weed is is people are like, oh yeah, I get it. Your job. You know what I mean? Like even if like. You were just saying to somebody, oh, yeah, I smoke weed. They're like, or, I can't smoke weed. You know, I have my job and stuff. They're like, oh, no, I get it. Yeah. Like, you don't get shit. But if I was to say, oh, I don't drink. Oh, yeah, it's my job. I'm like, what do you mean your job? You're not always working. You can drink at night. You can drink then. And they're trying to give you excuses of when to drink. And, yeah, and exactly what you said. They don't want to have to look at themselves because there were so many times, you know, I get sober and someone's like, you're not an alcoholic. I can out drink you. It's like, yeah. You know that doesn't yeah, mean like it's what not. you think it means. <laughs> it's not, you know, anyone yeah, that goes NA goes. Anyone that knows that goes to NA knows it's not how much we drink; it's why we drink. That's a you fact. Know, part of the but, fucking um, literature. I'm actually being called six thirty. No, yeah. We do one no, of our I, head counts. Nope. So one thing it, I just yeah, one thing I do want to sign off with real quick. If you're looking to quit drugs as your New Year's resolution. Just understand the reason why New Year's resolutions don't work is because people put a start time on something they are not ready for. 
If you are not ready to stop doing drugs, just be honest with yourself and say you're not ready to do it yet. But start talking to people and getting people. Remember, you're the average of the five people around you. Get people. What helped me was finding people that were winning at this, people that were doing recovery, to find my ways through their way. If you really, we could want to stop and still do the drug. I've been there. I wanted to stop for a long time and still got high. But don't make a start date for something that you are not ready with, because if you fail, you're not going to want to do it again. And this shit is dangerous as people dying. This shit is real. With something to be a game, you have to be able to win at it. Football is a game because both teams have the same opportunity to win regardless of the players on the sideline. There's no winning in this fucking game. There's losing, there's death, there's jail, and then that's it. There's no winning in it. So please don't make it your New Year's resolution. Reach out to myself, Inspire, Inspire. Reach out to Jay. Tell your story. Reach out to the... Uh, this community that we have out here and we will help you. We will help you. We will not turn our back on. Yeah. Your links will be in the description too, for anyone listening or watching. If you want to follow Mike, the links to TikTok, Instagram, Facebook will all be in the description. Have a great night, Mike. Yo, Jay. Thank you, man. Inspire, right, inspire, baby. See All right.